championships, all-star nominations, coach of the year, and most valuable player awards. We all get into playing and coaching sports with the expectation of triumphant victories, exceptional performances, and moments of glory that will last a lifetime. However, if you have ever stepped foot on the field, you find out very quickly that our expectations are not often reality. Many times within minutes of a training, practice, or competition, we find that we have stepped in an unexpected ship in the middle of our trail to greatness. What we had hoped to happen did not. And now we have to figure out how to clean our shoes, buckle up the chin strap, and move forward. Welcome to the WAS Sports Leadership Podcast with hosts Joe DeRing and Dan Jaskot. We are sports people for the sports people who don't mind a little bit of dirt and grit, sharing our stories, insights, and commentary on all things sport. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the WAS, When Athletes Shit in the Woods, podcast. Super excited for this week's episode. We have a tremendous guest hailing from sunny Florida. We'll get into those details in a moment, but we're going to introduce the theme of today's episode. And the theme um, from our previous concepts or our, our previous episodes has been expecting the unexpected. And, you know, really so often when we hear about this unexpected event that happens, we take it in this negative light. You know, in sports, it could be, you know, the star athlete struggling in the big moment when he or she has never done that all season or, you know, a coach who has great rapport with the parents, you know, somehow out of nowhere handles a tough situation with a parent pretty much as poorly as you can. And we kind of set ourselves up with this anxiety about this thing that might happen. It might not happen. And in our mind, it's always, it's a negative. It's a negative. There's going to be this negative that comes out of left field that we're not ready for. And it just, you know, knocks us off our path. And then we have to work on responding. Well, Oftentimes, the unexpected, whether it's a positive or a negative, can shape our paths as leaders and our paths as who we become as people. One of the key elements of leadership uh, with Empower is opportunity awareness, right? So every day we wake up, we get out of bed, we go through our morning routine, and we start our day, and there's thousands of things that happen to us that we didn't expect. And I would consider them opportunities, some positive, some not so positive. And the tremendous leaders are the ones who can, one, quickly identify those opportunities, two, quickly go through a little bit of a risk assessment around the opportunities. And then most importantly, those great leaders can make a confident decision to either take on that opportunity, take on that challenge, or avoid it at all costs. And today's episode Misty Wells, who is the star of TV show Let's Take It Outside on Fox Sports. Misty's story is all about embracing those opportunities as positive challenges, as opportunities for her to develop personally. More importantly, for Misty to have a positive impact on the community, whether it's in Florida or on one of her other excursions. And Misty, super excited to have you out here because I think you're stories about these unexpected things that pop up and how you said you know what let's just go with it 
and see where it takes me. That is so inspiring for the people that are listening. So we're so excited to have you on here, Joe. Thank you for introducing us to Misty. Misty, how the heck are you? You know, I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be on the show today. Um, it's my first time. I hope it won't be my last. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I really love the, the mission in, in what you're doing with the podcast. And, and I love the theme for today as well, because, you know, I feel like a lot of people sometimes think, oh, well, it just fell in their lap. And, oh, it was just so easy. And that's never going to happen for me. And, you know, once we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of how it all happened, you know, I think the listeners will understand that really anything is possible. And I loved what you said about just being able to identify it and be willing to take that risk. And, uh, you know, sometimes jumping in with both feet, even if you don't know what you're doing, is okay, you know, unless it's in the alligator pit. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're psyched to have you. And, and Joe's going to introduce Misty formally, uh, you know, once we get through our first uh, segment here. But Misty, Misty can't be uh, more excited to have you on. And uh, just by our, our pre-interview briefing call that we had, it's going to be a tremendous episode. Lots of great stories, lots of great messages, lots of powerful and impactful experiences that Misty has been part of. And just really excited to share those insights with our listeners tonight. So... We are, as we always start, going to dive right into it with our In the Trenches segment. Got some current events we're going to introduce and hear some thoughts from Joe and Misty as we get going right here. We're going to start with, you know, obviously we're still in the middle of the COVID-19 situation. And right. it's had a, a major impact on people, uh, whether it be those people on the front line who are, you know, putting themselves uh, at risk every day for the benefit of others. And then the people who maybe aren't in that situation, whose lives have been adjusted completely. Um, you know, up here in Connecticut, I know down in Florida, it's been nice for a little while outside of the, the thunderstorms and, and whatnot. But we're getting to a point now in the year, regardless of where you are, where the weather's starting to flip, right? People are getting the itch to get out of the house, off the couch, and to be outside to try to do something that at least resembles fun. Right. right. Yeah, I think we've been binge watched all the shows that we can watch right now. I'm sure everybody's seen the Tiger King three times and all the other stuff. And yeah, the weather's gorgeous here in Florida. And, and like you said, it's getting beautiful up there in Connecticut and, and all over the United States. And it, it is time for us to stretch our legs and, and get outside. That's for sure. Absolutely is. And I know Joe and I at our respective, you know, adventure parks, we've just been able to kind of start getting back into the swing of adventuring and having some people come out and enjoy those experiences. And it's been a lifesaver because, you know, it's been you know going on over two months and it's been tough for us outdoor enthusiasts. Missy, I know you're in that same category to, you know, not be able to do those things, that, you know, to the frequency that you normally do. Right. Up here in Connecticut, as of this morning on the, the DEEP website, Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, mm -hmm. we still have the governor encouraging and urging people to keep with the stay, say, uh, stay safe, stay home order. We have social distancing mandates in the state parks, the forests, the boat launches. Gatherings must be fewer than six people. 
Some parks are closed indefinitely. We have swimming is allowed in shoreline spots, so like beaches. Okay. However, any in, inland parks that have swimming areas are uh, right now swimming is not allowed, it's prohibited. Even at the beaches, there's, uh, you know, everybody talks about the six foot buffer zone. We're looking at now a 15 foot buffer zone. So if we were a family, we set up our blanket, there would need to be a 15 foot buffer to not only allow for the social distancing between maybe the two families on the blankets, but walking paths for people. Right. Picnic areas are closed. Restrooms are closed. I, and I don't understand this. The restrooms are closed, but they're bringing in porto potties. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not okay. sure how that thing works yeah. out. Um, and then in the parks, the way they're limiting volume is they look at the, the parking lot capacity, right? So if you say on a normal day, we can fit a hundred cars, they're cutting the parking lot capacity down to 25% in all parks okay. that are open. Um, in addition to that, I'm seeing on social media up here regularly, especially this, you know, this past couple weekends when the weather's been great, some people have tried to get into parks at like 8 a.m. closed, right, due to people getting out there and kind of beating them to the punch. So I'm up here in Connecticut. Missy and Joe are down here and down there in Florida. I'm, I'm curious to hear what Florida's doing in those, you know, those public, those municipal shared spaces and just to get a feel for how the two different states are handling this situation, whether there's similarities or, or more differences. Um, but yeah, Joe and Misty, let's hear a little bit about how Florida's going about the, the, you know, the municipal parks, the state parks, the swimming areas, et cetera. Right. And, you know, I'll go first, Joe, uh, and I'll talk about the beaches. Okay. So during uh, the stay at home order uh, all over the United States and in Florida, you know, I, I did appreciate that, our leadership up at the Capitol allowed each governor to decide what's best for their own state. I thought that was a really wise choice um, because who knows their state better than their own governors and their leadership. So I did like that. They did have the beaches closed. And the crazy thing is, you know, I grew up on Clearwater Beach. It's the number one beach in America. I've never not seen a person on the beach before we went and pulled our stone crab traps because we were allowed to do that and season was coming to an end and i looked back at the beach and not one single person was on the beach it was eerie you know and i i mean i've never seen that in my entire life i don't and i even asked my dad and he grew up here he's like i've never seen that either you know it was crazy but um, you know, they did open the beaches back up, which we're really excited about, um, you know, us Floridians and the visitors that are here. Um, they are practicing social distancing. Um, on some of the beaches, they even set up cones to kind of help people understand, you know, this is six feet uh, to create walking <laughs> paths and stuff like that. Because, you know, let's face it, we're excited. We get to the beach and we kind of everything goes out the window. Um, so they are, you know, working with helping people keep their distance. Um, the boat ramps in my area never did close except for ones that were in parks, but there's some that are public. The, and I felt like that was a really wise choice because usually if you're taking your boat out, you're going to be with your group, your family. Um, so you're not really interacting with anyone. So I did, you know, really appreciate that they kept the boat ramps open and we could go fishing and, and kind of do some of the normal things we normally do. So that, that was really good. And, uh, you know, our state parks, 
They are uh, also at a smaller capacity like yours. Um, They just started allowing a small amount of camping. Um, So in some of the parks, you know, again, they're going to spread it out really far. um, But just as of like this week, there's a few camping spots in the parks where normally there'd be probably hundreds um, where people can go camping. So that's kind of what's going on, you know, in our area. Now, Joe, you know, he's got, of course, a zip lining course where you can do all kinds of different things. Um, how has it affected you guys and where are you guys with, with, you know, what you're doing now? Yeah, so we are open in Oldsmar. The zip line adventure course is open and running. Uh, we opened it on May 11th, which was a week after the uh, Pinellas County went into the phase one of reopening. Um, we worked closely with the city of Oldsmar and with the county to get approval to be open and to have um, all the CDC guidelines, all the precautions in place. Um, obviously, the state has some oversight on amusements and uh, amusement parks, given uh, some of the different amusement parks in Florida. And so we kind of fall into that category. Okay. Um, it's not a one size fits all strategy for sure on keeping amusement parks safe. But uh, I think we, we have seen the state and, and the county and the local level be really understanding of what our needs are and what our company is, is capable of and, and what the risk is in uh, guests coming to our facility. And so as long as we're able to mitigate those risks in a consistent and scalable way and, and one that's reasonable within the scope of our business, um, it, it's something that the, the county and the local government in Oldsmar has been really supportive of. Uh, we've seen um, 100% support from our community, from our customers and guests. Um, we have limited capacity to about 33% of what we could normally run, okay. which number of people on the property at any one time. So that really... Um, you know, really prevents the co-mingling of people from different places kind of mixing in with one another. And so by being able to keep the group separate and keep the different tours of, of the zipline groups that we run separate, uh, we've been able to, to really maintain the in and out with, without a lot of intermingling. So you know, I've, I've had the honor uh, of, of living in Florida now for four years, um, moved down from uh, northeast, uh, originally from Connecticut, and moved to Virginia, where I lived there for a couple years as we built our adventure park there. And, it, and it's really interesting now that I oversee the adventure parks in all of our locations, just the different approach that all the states are taking to combating the, the COVID-19 and now reopening and rebounding uh, following its mitigation. And so um, here in Florida, the one end of the spectrum with Governor DeSantis uh, um, valuing people's liberties and valuing um, the ability to live your life and, and get back to work and get back to play. Um, and, and really understanding, I feel, the the reason why we needed to quarantine was to make sure that we didn't overload the hospitals, uh, right. to, to slow the spread of it because of our, our emergency medical capabilities are only you know allow for so many emergencies and so many respirators and ventilators and so many beds Um, and so in order to to maintain our ability to stay within those capacities we needed to just stop like shelter in place and stop 
But from the beginning, that wasn't meant to eradicate the virus. Yeah. Right. And so what you're seeing in some of these other states like Connecticut and like Michigan and, and like Virginia, where I feel they're going a little bit too far in infringing on some of the liberties and really what the initial meaning of the quarantine was for. And that was to keep us within the capacity of our emergency responders and our hospitals so that um, we didn't the space. Well, right. Because I mean, like you said, nobody really knew how it was going to be. And, you know, obviously if it was, you know, worst case of the spectrum and you have a half a million people trying to get medical treatment because they have the virus, that would have been horrible. Yeah. Um, the good thing is, you know, by everyone staying home and putting a stop to the spread or contact, that was great. And, you know, I think it, you know, it worked, you know, it worked in most all the areas. And, uh, you know, I feel like it worked really well in Florida because our hospitals weren't overrun. We had plenty of everything that we needed. I know that people still, you know, got the virus and some people even passed, which is horrible. Um, but you're exactly right, Joe. It, everyone staying home did exactly what it was supposed to do. Now we kind of know where we stand. We know what the enemy is. We know how to handle it somewhat and, and what to do and not do. Right. It, it bought us time to be able to learn that and to be able to, to really have a response and, and able to get the equipment, the PPE, and, and get the personnel in place to be able to combat this thing moving forward. It's not going away anytime soon. And so I don't think we can kind of sit on pins and needles and yeah. think, oh, well, if, if there's another outbreak in a certain region of the country, then we're going back into quarantine. I don't think it can happen that way. I think we need to be smart as a population and abide by all the guidelines. If you're unwell, stay home. If you've been in contact who is, with somebody who's been in contact, then get yourself tested, quarantine if you must, um, you know, maintain proper health, maintain your temperature, um, all of these things, wash your hands, um, social distancing, um, don't go out and into large groups, travel. I travel for a living. I am constantly on an airplane and I haven't traveled once and I don't plan on it um, anytime soon because I don't have to, it's not right. essential to my business. Yeah. Um, and so those types of decisions are, are left to us here in Florida to make for ourselves. And I think by and large, we're, we're seeing outside of the, the debacle of spring break, which it was just bad timing. It was the worst case scenario. It was an unknown and this emergency type of situation going on at the very busiest time here on the busiest beaches in the world in March. they were already here. Like they right. were Ralph, they're already here. It's like, you know, trying to hold back the water. <laughs> and yeah. Florida, Florida got hammered. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and honestly, the, the, the message wasn't clear. There were so many different messages that it wasn't one message and it wasn't get everybody off the beach. So because of that, I think you saw some of the confusion and some of the resistance. Um, but outside of that, I think Floridians have done a really good job of maintaining the proper precautions and doing thing. Um, and you see it in the numbers. You know, I was looking at the numbers earlier today. We have not had one death from COVID under the age of 30. That's wonderful. One. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've gone over this, Dan, in, in previous podcasts, but, you know, our case per, cases per 100,000 is so much lower than that of some of the bigger states like California and New York. You know, we have 21 and a half million people in Florida. And 
for us to be where we're at within the statistical categories of COVID is really a credit to the leadership. It's a credit to uh, all the emergency responders and the nurses and the doctors and the administrators and the hospitals and the nursing homes to really mitigate this and put it on lockdown and keep it as, as minimal impact as it possibly could in a state with such a high elderly population. Yep. And I think Joe, you always, you know, in, in our experience working with, with groups together and the team building and the leadership stuff, you, it's time to get a grip. And I think the states who are missing the mark never had the goal clarity, right. Of, you know, you just said in Florida in the beginning, the beaches, no one sure, was sure what the message was right at the beginning. There's all these people who are not from Florida, right. <laughs> you know, taking over areas essentially for a two week period of time or whatever it might be. And I, you know, uh, in, in our conversations, Joe, over the weeks, it's been, you know, it feels like the message is much more clear there now uh, than it was when it started. And then when you compare it across, uh, you know, you know, the other States and that, you know, as simple as, Hey, the quarantine protocol is not going to stop this thing. It's going to help those people that, you know, there's nurses who are working 24 hours day in and day out doctors who are doing the same thing. It's designed to give them a little bit of leeway and, and, you know, for supplies and um, to make sure they can accommodate those who are experiencing the, the negatives of this situation. Um, Mm -hmm. It gets into, and both Misty and Joe touched on this, the balance of, kind of the the municipal recommendations and then you know the self-accountability right right you know and at the end of the day I was in stop and shop the other day and in Connecticut it's mandatory to wear a mask in you know public areas where where you can't socially distance so if you're going out for a walk by yourself in your own private property you're good mask free but if you're at like a grocery store mandatory facial covering just this past weekend i'm at the grocery store and most everybody but there's people left and right that either take it off or just refuse to wear it and yes they're not fun at times they can be uncomfortable if it's hot they don't feel great but you know it's one of those things that just be accountable just do it and it's not necessarily so what happens to those people like say you're in the grocery store do they ask them to leave or what like what's the ramifications that's a great question up uh, the, in, in that one experience that gentleman was in three aisles for the, that I crossed paths with them the entire time. And I, I try not to spend a lot of time in the grocery store, no matter what. Right. All right. <laughs> but uh, that, that guy was there without anything. And I don't know if anybody said anything to him at any point, um, you know, at our adventure parks, it's really, you know, up here in Connecticut again, it's listen, this is, we're, we're able to open, we're able to enjoy this experience. These are some of the extra little things that we have to comply to. And, and um, one, because it's a, it's a recommendation at the state. And two, um, you know, I'm not a scientist. If they're telling me it's going to, you know, cover up my <laughs> nose and mouth drool and to keep somebody else safe, then you know what? It's part of leadership is doing something for somebody else. And, and, and it's not that big a deal. You know, I mean, if they say to wear it, it helps then, you know, just wear it, you know, yeah. it's, yeah, so it could happen, you know. So in, in contrast to that, Dan, the state of Florida does not require face coverings out, out in public. Uh, we at Empower, um, at Empower Adventures Tampa Bay, we are requiring our staff and our guests to wear them. 
And so that's our choice and that's, it's our business to run right. as we see fit within the laws of, of a local and, and, and uh, state and federal government. So with, with, with that being said, because from the state level is it's not required. And then we are asking our guests and our staff to wear them as required. We have gotten a little bit of pushback. And what we say to people, especially our guests is, so you have, you have two choices. You can come out, you can bring the face covering and really we only need it when you're within the six feet of, yeah. of our, for of another guest so that you can, we can keep you safe. We can keep our staff safe. If our staff gets sick, then we can't deliver the product. So right. that's why it's really, really important. And I said, or your other choice is to reschedule for a later date when we don't re require the face coverings and everybody wins. And we've yeah, had right. people do that. Really? They they've taken us up on that. He's going to come there with a face covering. So, all right, no problem. We'll put you on a later date. We'll put you on a list. We'll call you back when that policy goes by the wayside and uh, you'll come out and enjoy with us then. And so, but, but our whole philosophy there is we want to be as safe as we possibly can. And so that is something we can control. Misty is, is mm -hmm. face coverings. If that's part of being safe and that's a controllable that we can make and have and, 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 provide to our guests and to our staff, then we're going to do it. And when somebody tells us, you know what, it's no longer necessary, then great. We will no longer require it. Exactly. But it's, it's better to be safe than sorry. And, you know, you, you have an obligation to keep your staff safe. They interact with a lot of different people. It's not like me just, you know, being at home with my family and then maybe I just go out and then, you know, store and come back or whatnot, you know, um, a lot of the things that I do in the outdoors, you know, there's so many things you can do in the outdoors where you're not interacting with people at all, right. you know, um, right. that's the beauty of, you know, the outdoors, and, whether you and I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to make that choice for, mm -hmm. for my, my business and for mm -hmm. our clients and guests and our staff versus being told how to do this based on, you know, some health department and some expert who doesn't know my business, who, what, where the risks are and, and how to mitigate them within my environment and my business or in um, my home or my community. And so, um, you know, again, it's that, it's that give and take between how much liberty do we give the folks and will they make the right decision versus how much is held at the government level to make sure everybody does at once. And, you know, I, I'm, more on the conservative side of this particular topic, as you can tell, but you know, everybody in Florida from, you know, from the restaurants to the, the boat ramps. And I've been out there uh, to the beaches, to empower adventures, to the grocery stores. I've seen 99.9% .9 of people making the right decision. I do too. I do too. Favorty and, and, you know, the power of, you know, government, you know, leaving it to the people to make those choices. Right. And, and, you know, on these rare occasions, we actually get it right sometimes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we, we are capable. I do. I feel like everybody's really doing good. They're putting forth an effort. They're trying to be smart. You know, nobody, I don't think it would happen, but nobody wants to go down to lockdown again. So I think everybody's like, okay, you know, like we're going to do it the right way. And so we can at some point down the road. Uh, you know, start getting back to what we'll consider normal, you know. Uh, Joe, I, th I thought it was interesting that in Florida, you're, you fall under the amusement park umbrella 
um, for the, you know, the, the zip line and the adventure park there at Empower Adventures Tampa Bay. Up here in Connecticut, our facility falls under the outdoor zoos and museums category for phase one subcategory recreation but what's been challenging up here and we we just you know we've been open for you know basically uh, about 10 days now at this point um our recreational visitors so the friends and the family groups can come out and we you know we've had to adjust our capacity just like joe down in florida and you know we make we make, we've made some changes to the you know requiring the face coverings etc and you know, taking care of the gear with the disinfecting and sanitizing after use and quarantine and gear after use. A big part of what we do in Connecticut is, is team building and leadership development. And one of the parts of phase one is that there's no guided tours allowed. You know, so when you facilitate a team building activity, it's usually an adult, a facilitator with a group of maybe, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 participants. And that's where I find some confusion is, you know, if I do activities that have no physical contact, no equipment sharing, allow for safe social distancing, face covers are on, you know, even to a point where we're doing gloves and sanitizing before and after each activity, does that fall under guided tour or not? Is someone, I don't think it does, but is someone going to interpret it and then say, oh, they're not practicing safe, you know, protocol right now and put our business in jeopardy. And it's, it's been very gray, mm-hmm. <laughs> very gray up here. It's a new situation, so there's no way in you know a 60-day period of time they're going to really even be able to dig into every aspect because there's so much diversity, you know, and, and figure it out. I hope we never have to figure it out. We never have to deal with this again, um, but it, at least down here, it seems like when, when businesses are trying to do the right thing, even if they want them to do something more or different, they're really just helping them do that. They're not, you know, coming at them like a, you know, herd of bulls. They're just helping, <laughs> helping people make the right decision. Yeah. 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 And I've seen the Pinellas County sheriffs, you know, ATVing up and down the beaches and right. I don't, and I've been on the beach a lot. I've been out on the boat ramps a lot. I well, haven't pretty- seen them give, give one side reminder, hey guys, can you make sure you're doing the social distancing thing for me? So the people are generally cordial. Yeah, of course. Sorry about that. We just got to talking uh, with the dogs or whatever, and then off they ride and then down the beach they go. It's been, you know, I mean, that's community policing to me. I think they've done a really good job. I agree. Well, bottom line is this, and and Misty, we're going to hear more about your outdoor adventure your outdoor recreation passions uh in in a couple minutes here but it's safe to say that the three of us enjoy being outside whether it's time on the beach time on the water time in the woods and time up in the air you know time up in the air (laughs) a little different version of flying it's although southwest keeps on dropping their prices down it's like 45 bucks to fly anywhere so <laughs> oh, getting really guys. tempted i'm not going to lie <laughs> <laughs> but um you know at the end of the day especially coming off of you know two months maybe a little bit less maybe a little bit more depending on where you are of 
quarantine, stuck at home, in the house, not as active as normal, not stretching your brain and your body and your spirit as much as you normally would, the benefits of getting outdoor and recreating have never been higher. And it really just comes down to knowing, you know, what, what is your state requiring or what is your local community requiring and, you know, doing what you can to enjoy it and take advantage of the opportunities that you have to get out and recreate and do it responsibly. You know, cause again, I think a lot of this stuff with the COVID is less about you and it's more about the people that you might cross paths with at some point from six feet away. So, right. um, you know, so just get out there, be aware of what the recommendations are, be aware of what the requirements are. If you're ticked off, the park was closed on a weekend because too many people were there. Well, beat them there next time. You'll get there at seven instead of getting there at eight. Always have a plan B, you know, I try, I work out at the YMCA and we have to make an appointment now because so they can only have so many people and you know, darn it. I I haven't been able to get in for two days. Trust me. (laughs) I need it. You know, so I'm trying, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going on a bike ride or something. You know, you gotta gotta have a plan B for a while. It's just going to be the way it is and just don't get grumpy about it. We're all in the same boat. That's great. That's right. And I, you know, again, I think I could speak with, uh, Joe, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just got one more thing. I saw on a quick clip, I was on the weather app, checking my boating forecast for the weekend there, Misty. And, uh, (laughs) there was a, a clip about mental health, depression, anxiety. And it said in these times, there are 35% of Americans are suffering some, some, from some form of mental health depression, anxiety, or what have you. Normally, that's less than 15% of America. Yeah. Wow. And, and so the outdoors is the answer. The outdoors and getting back to nature and getting back to fresh air and exercise and getting your heart pumping and, and doing something that stretches your comfort zone a little bit, that is, in my mind, the cure to those mental health ails. It is, and we'll get into it in a little bit, but there's a lot of things you can do where you're not interacting, you know, with really anybody at all, and you can be completely safe and feel, you know, positive and not have have anxiety about going outside. That's right. That's right. And both you both kind of stole the thunder there into the transition, which is a good thing. We're making a great team here right out of the gate. But, um, you know, I was going to say, you know, I'm pretty comfortable saying that I could speak for Joe and Misty that, you know, it's important to get out. It's important to to recre, uh, recreate. It's important to enjoy the outdoors and, you know, do it, do it to the best of your ability and, and, and do it to the best of your ability with regards to following the local protocol there. So, you know, at some point in the future, this thing is, uh, you know, beyond us and we're back to some sense of normalcy so we're, we're starting to trend in the right direction um that ladies and gentlemen was in the trenches we're going to come back after a short break and joe is going to give a great formal introduction to our guest of the week misty wells the outdoor darling herself <laughs> joins us on the was sports leadership podcast we'll be back in a couple minutes thanks for checking us out Right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the WAS Sports Leadership Podcast, and I'm not going to waste any time here. I'm going to turn it over to Joe. 
He's going to introduce our guest of the week. Joe, take it away, my man. All right. This next segment is called All About Misty. Are you good with that, Misty? <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. I All appreciate it. Right, Great. Misty Wells is our guest this week. Misty is the first ever female host of an outdoor show on Fox Sports. Isn't that right? That is correct. Yeah, I'm proud to say, uh, you know, this day and time, it's, it's good to be the first at something for sure. Amazing. Amazing. Misty is the founder, host, and creative genius behind the hit show, Let's Take It Outside on Fox Sports. In fact, um, she also writes for outdoor and, and travel magazines. You also write for the Tampa Bay Times and you do um, other videos as it relates to Let's Take It Outside. And I was actually one of the beneficiaries of your, your shows recently, wasn't I? You did, you did a great job. We had so much fun coming out there and it was neat. We came out to film uh, these video segments and it's to encourage people to do what we're talking about today. We're allowed to get off the couches now. We're allowed to get outside. And it's to show people uh, maybe something different or reintroduce them to something in the outdoors uh, to, you know, enjoy doing it. And the, and the guests I brought with me had never ziplined before. So that made it really fun. Right. Yeah. And they, I will say, Joe, Joe shared the video of your visit. And Misty, I got to say, you look like an old pro up there. Oh, well, that's because they have good staff. <laughs> yeah. I set myself up to look like a pro because I work with other people that are really good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. But, you know, that's the cool thing, and that's the whole thing about it. Whether you've never done it before and you have no idea what you're doing or you do it a lot, like, it's still a really good time. So... I yeah. do get a little scared when that first little step off the plank, though. I'm not going to lie. You know? <laughs> and that's perfectly normal. That is the body saying, wait a second. Are we supposed to do this? We got everything in order. So that's okay. Uh, but your guests that day were great. I was looking at some of your other videos from, you know, obviously offshore fishing, inshore fishing, hunting, um, all the crazy adventures that you have. And I can't wait to hear about them. But one of the, the credentials you have is you're a bass pro and outdoor pro. What does that mean? Correct. Well, uh, as some people may know, uh, bass pro shops have outdoor pros. And you're either in the fishing department or the hunting department. Uh, the neat thing is they couldn't figure out where to put me because they could put me kind of everywhere. So they created a new segment called Outdoor Pro. So I'm the first Outdoor Pro for Bass Pro because they can stick me in hunting or they can put me in camping or fishing or just whatever. And I can, you know, do different seminars on all the great things that Bass Pro has to offer. That's amazing. If I don't know it, I make it up. So it's okay. <laughs> and and so give your, give your Bass Pro store a shout out. Which store do you work at most often? Uh, I work at the one uh, in Brandon, right outside of Tampa in yeah. Florida, and it's only about, what, four years old, I think, there, and uh, it's a beautiful store, just like all the Bass Pros. Each one's different and unique, but honestly, I mean, when I say it's one-stop shopping under one roof for most everything you're going to need, that, you know, it's actually true, 
So yeah, I love uh, going there and meeting the people and, and really just giving seminars and getting people excited about, you know, whatever we're talking about over there. And that goes right uh, and they to do your a lot whole theme. Absolutely. You know, your whole theme is let's right take in. it outside. And so that is, that is the gear fitter for let's take it outside is Bass Pro, right? Absolutely. And, you know, one thing you, we touched on, and I know we're going to jump into it uh, a little deeper in a minute, is about really not giving up and not um, you know, taking opportunities that may be presented, even if you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, it took me, I had to basically what I'll call politely stalk the people at Bass Pro because I wanted to be a pro so bad, but you know, it took me two and a half years to really get in there. And, it, you know, basically I kind of would show up for free and do anything they wanted for free just so I could be a part of the team. And finally, I think they figured out I wasn't going to go away. So they were like, okay, we have a spot for you. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You know, on, on your website, Misty, mistywells.com, it says that your personal mission is to unleash the outdoor leader that exists in us all. Tell us more about that and, and how that mission has led you to what you do today. Well, my goal is in my happy places, like we've been talking earlier, is in the outdoors. But a lot of people, I think, have the misconception of, well, I think I want to do it, but I don't know how to do it. And so therefore, I'm just not going to do it because I don't know what to do, or I might look foolish, or this and that. And really, my whole goal and the greatest joys that I have, honestly, is introducing the outdoors or a new activity to someone. Uh, a lot of that comes through fishing. I've, I've fished with thousands of people, including children, and to see them fish for the first time, catch their first fish, it's just a feeling that's just as good for me as it is for them. They're so excited and it's such a memory. And to be able to just let people know, look, you really don't have to be good at it you can just really go out and try and it's really just about trying and having a good time and it doesn't matter you know some of these people take it a little too serious you know and you'll even watch some of these tv shows and it's you know i feel like it they take it a little too serious i think the outdoors is meant for us to come together have a good time so really my whole goal is to just introduce as many people as possible young and old to the outdoors or get back out there because it's been a little while and, and you don't have to be the pro at anything because you know i'm the jack of all master of none and i'm totally cool with that <laughs> it's great and, and helping others learn and come along and and potentially opening up a whole new world of the outdoors to them for the first time or to reintroduce them to the outdoors in a new way I mean, that's right along the, the lines of what Empower does and how we introduce people to adventure and uh, whether they are expert climbers or have never done it before, scared of heights, it doesn't matter. And so um, you actually work with, with kids in a nonprofit. Tell us a little bit about your nonprofit and how that all came about. Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, I started A Real Futures. It's called A Real, R-E-E-L, Futures. 
um, long before I started doing any really articles, TV, videos, any of that. So I really feel like this is what made it all happen and what really started my journey, you know, the, on the path that I'm on. Um, my fiance grew up in foster care and at the age of six, someone took him fishing and that really changed his life because he got dropped off when he was six years old and never saw his family again. So you can only imagine the range of emotions that puts you through. You're sad, you're angry, you're, you're everything. And when someone took him fishing, at least that gave him a positive outlet to do something. And after, you know, meeting him and hearing his story, of course, I'm like, we have to do something. We have to start taking foster kids fishing. And of course he's like, okay. So by next week, you know, I had it all figured out, you know, at least I thought I did anyway, but I really just started reaching out to different um, foster homes in the community, group foster homes. Unfortunately, there's a lot of them and uh, made arrangements uh, to take these kids fishing. We go on uh, head boats, which are like party boats, which is good because it's super economical. Uh, they're big boats, so it's a good first boat experience. And the very first trip I did, I knew this was the right thing to do because the kids just had the best time and they were so happy. They were kids for five hours. They didn't think about any of the other things, you know, that's going on in their life. And they were just focused on trying to catch a fish or see dolphins and whatnot. And we've been going strong for six years now. And I've taken over 3000 kids in foster care fishing and I've been on every single trip. Wow. So I'm going to start an unofficial tally here because I'm going to tie this back to, for our audience, Dan. So we, we started out saying the theme of this episode was taking advantage of the unexpected opportunities that That's come right. your way. Yep. And so Misty, it's amazing because somewhere along the way between meeting your fiance, hearing and, and living through, you know, his past and, and coming to know him through your relationship and what he dealt with as a kid and your passion for, for fishing at some point in time there was a, a single moment in your brain when you said this is it and I just got yeah. chills because I, I felt that feeling myself with what we do but at some point in your mind you said this is it this is what I'm passionate about this is what I'm going to do and that was years ago that was a lot of unknowns ago that was a lot of work and sweat and tears ago but in that moment you said, this is what I want. You didn't know how to get there. You didn't know no. what was, what was going to happen. You had no idea about all of the multimedia franchise you would become. Right. And, and <laughs> I had you no are. In no. Right. So that's opportunity. Ahead, number Misty. one, I'm going to continue to count these as we go because Misty has just amazing opportunities that she just took advantage of. Joe, you're exactly right. And, and Misty, we had a, the pleasure of getting a sneak preview at this, but you're on television now. You're, you have a couple firsts, quote unquote, a couple firsts under your belt, which is absolutely impressive. Where, where did this journey start? And just give, give us a little bit of insight into the path, because I know when we spoke the other day, it was you know, it's some great stories about those unknowns that show up and just give our listeners a little bit of insight into the, the courage and the decisiveness. And like Joe just touched on, like 
this is what I'm, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to do. I'm not sure how yet, but I'm in, I'm all in. I'm going two feet in. Tell us your story a little bit and what brings you, uh, brings you to where you are today. We all, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, you know, to start. If you can, if you can figure out what you want to do, it's okay if you don't know how to do it. And I'm living proof of that. Um, you know, I, I did start working with the kids in foster care and I saw how life changing that was. And that was really the first thread in kind of the journey that I'm on now. And, you know, a, one of my girlfriends came to me and she owned a, a local magazine that was kind of a tourist magazine. And she said, well, I see you doing stuff in the outdoors and you like to fish and you do this stuff with the kids. And she said, would you like to write an article? And I thought, well, you know, I always liked literature in school. I don't mind writing. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, and if I stink at it, she can't really fire me because I'm not getting paid anyway. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot, you know. So she's like, hey, I really like your articles. And I got good feedback on that. So I was like, oh, that's wonderful. So I started reaching out and some other magazines reached out to me. So I became what they call an outdoor contributor. So um, you definitely can't uh, pay your bills with that, but I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it, get, it get, gets you out in the community and gives you a good excuse to go out and have some fun and then write about it. And also, you know, a single mother. So when I would go somewhere to do a story, I'd take my kids and we'd all get to participate in it. So it's a great way for me to also kind of do some things with my children as well. And that led to doing a little bit of radio. And I got invited to be a guest on some radio shows and talk about different aspects of the outdoors. And I thought, wow, this is great. Kind of like what we're doing now. It was easy because I had people like you and Joe kind of leading the pathway. So I was like, sure, I can do that. And, you know, most women like to talk. So I was like, great, I'll fit right in. <laughs> you know? So the radio, you know, after one of the shows, uh, the, a gentleman from the radio station reached out to me and said, you know, we think you should have your own radio show. And of course, you know, my first thought is, are you crazy? You know, like, why would you think that? You know, I didn't say that. I just thought it in my head. But I decided, you know, kind of as these things kept happening, that even if I had no idea what I was doing or how I was going to do it, I was going to say yes. And I was going to just try and figure it out, even if, you know, I'm probably going to fall on my face and look like a fool. And you have to be okay sometimes with being foolish and looking foolish. I have no problem with it. It's like anymore, <laughs> I don't even care. So, you know, I was telling you guys yesterday, um, I'm like, okay, great. I have it all in my mind, how I think it's going to go and what I'm going to do. I was really scared. I get to the radio station and the guy's like, okay, well, great. You know, this is going to be your first show. Now, granted, this is live, you know, so it, it is going to be what it is. And he's like, what's the name of your show? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you need to have a name of your show. What's the name of it? And I'm like, um, give me five minutes. I'll be right back. So I went out and sat in my truck and I'm like, duh, I need to have a name of my show. I got to figure something out. It's outdoorsy. And uh, there's a song by Brantley Gilbert and he's talking about getting in a fight. Let's go outside and get in a fight. So that I was like, that's it. Let's take it outside. You know, so that's how I came up with the name of my show. So I come back in the studio. I'm like, I got it. 
like it, let's take it outside and it's been let's take it outside ever since you know and um you know his the name of brantley's song is a little bit different so he can't be mad at me even though i have tried to call him to see if he want to like hang out and do something too but he hasn't <laughs> called me back yet i'm still waiting brantley if you're listening probably are you need to call me so we can like go hunting and fishing Nice. Well, Brantley's missing out though, Misty, right? Because you actually have fished and, and gone outside with some famous folks. Tell us about those guys. I have. Uh, if you guys are familiar with one of the longest running shows on TV, Deadliest Catch, uh, Keith Colburn and his brother Monty are good friends of mine. And Keith and I uh, get together every once a year uh, for Mike Allstott. It's a big benefit that he raises money for um not sure why i'm invited but somehow i got invited and you know all these big celebrities are there and i met keith and he's like well i've never caught a grouper so i was like oh well no problem you know you're in the grouper capital of the world so we took him offshore and had the best day ever oh my gosh uh, my fish was bigger than his though i just want to state that for the record and i have pictures to prove it and keith Julie knows noted. it verify he knows it um, but we filmed it. Actually, we did a video on it and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, let's see. So, you know, also Mike Allstott, uh, of course, the A-Train from the Buccaneers. He loves to fish as well. And, uh, you know, he's actually a really good angler. I mean, you get a big grouper on the bottom, he can definitely uh, bring it up. No problem. I definitely struggle a lot more than he does. Um, <laughs> baseball player, Toby Hall, he was the catcher for the race. Now he coaches and does a lot of things. So fishing and the outdoors really does open a lot of doors for you to meet some pretty cool people. So it's, it's really exciting. I grew yeah. up watching Jimmy Houston on Saturday mornings. Tell us about Jimmy. You know, I love Jimmy. I wish I could replicate his laugh, but nobody can. And I'd sound foolish. So, which, you know, I don't want to do that to Jimmy. Um, I met Jimmy Houston, Bill Danson, Roland Martin, all at the same time. Uh, a buddy of mine called me and I had met him. Uh, he worked for a fishing supply company and we had met at a trade show and just, you know, talking shop and all that stuff. And um, I happened to mention what I was doing uh, with the foster kids. And he said, well, how would you like Bill, Jimmy and Roland to come out and go fishing with, you know, you and the kids? I'm like, yeah, sure, Tom. No problem. That sounds great. Give me a holler when that's going to happen. And pigs will be flying across as well. <laughs> so, you know, I go about my business and he calls me about two weeks later. I'm like, oh, hey, Tom, how's it going? And he said, well, how's this date? And I said, uh, for what? You're going to come see me? We're going to lunch. What's happening? He's like, well, no, Bill, Jimmy and Roland all sync their calendars together. They're going to come to Clearwater, Florida and go on a boat with you and a group of foster kids. And I said, you're full of it. <laughs> I, didn't believe it. I was like, there's no way that's happening. I'm like, are you kidding me? And they did. They, we set the date. They showed up on their own dime. Cause I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't pay them. I can't bring them in. I don't have any money. And you know, I said, all my money goes to the kids. And, um, he said, they're all coming in on their own dime. Um, you know, I want to give out a shout out to Frenchie, Frenchie's Outpost. Uh, he has an awesome little B&B uh, &B right on the beach, right by Saltwater Cafe. He's got five different restaurants on Clearwater Beach. 
he put them up for a couple of nights at no cost, thank goodness. And his place is really cute right on the water. And those three guys came and got on a headboat with about 25 foster kids and myself. And we had a little bit of press there, of course. I had, I mean, once the press found out they were coming, I had to ask them, like, is it okay? They want to come? They're like, yeah, let them come. And we just had the best day. We were catching grunts and we caught a few grouper and Jimmy and Bill and Roland all fished with the kids and spent time with them. And it was one of the greatest times of my life. I mean, for sure that they would do that. And in those kids as well. I mean, those kids will never forget it. And so the adults too. I mean, everybody was just blown away um, that they would do that. And that's the kind of people that they are. They're amazing. The, I call them the three legends. They're amazing. Well, they're following your lead with, with the kids and real futures. It's amazing what you're doing. Um, good things happen to good people, Misty. You know, this Let's Take It Outside franchise that you've built, you know, one opportunity after another and, and not being fearful of failure and not, you know, caring about looking silly and just taking every opportunity that's thrown your way and, and really making the most of it. What's next for Lex? Let's take it outside. Well, let's see. So, you know, um, I did sign the deal with Fox Sports. And of course, I was doing the video series that we did an episode together with uh, the Tampa Bay Times. And I loved doing that series with them. And, you know, they got in contact. Fox Sports reached out to me and said, hey, we like your video series would you be interested in doing a TV show? And here we go again, no clue what I'm doing. Didn't have any idea where to start or how it all worked at all. I mean, I watch TV, I see people on TV, but making a TV show with like a real crew and all this stuff, I had no idea, you know, how to do that. And, but of course I said, absolutely. And then I immediately called Jimmy and Bill and said, what do I do? <laughs> Yes. I don't know what to do. And I just said yes to something. I'm in so far over my head. Um, you know, we're in the process uh, now that, you know, things are starting to open up somewhat. I'm still, we're still waiting till June, July, where we're going to start filming season two. Uh, the World Fishing Network uh, also said that they'd like to be airing the show as well. So we'll start on the World Fishing Network as well. And, and really just, you know, moving forward and, you know, I do get scared, of course, and there's nights where I'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning, straight up in bed, thinking, what am I doing and why am I doing this to myself? Because it, you know, of course, you don't want to say you can do something and then not know how to do it. And, you know, uh, of course, you know, your intention is never to look foolish. But I think what I'd, what I'd love for the takeaway to be for people listening is, anything is possible. I mean, I'm pretty much the last person that actually should be on TV with an outdoor show. I'm 52 years old, single mom. I'm not a pro at anything. I'm not a captain. Now I am good. I'm a great angler. I'm, I'm a good hunter. You know, I do put in my time, you know, I do everything, but a lot of times in these shows, you know, I'm doing stuff for the first time. Yeah. So, and I don't mind that because I want people to realize, you know, it's okay to not know how to bow fish. I went bow fishing and the guy said, Hey, do you want to practice and, you know, go a couple nights before we go do it? I'm like, no, I'm like, I just want to do it. 
and it'll just be what it is. I'm like, you can bow fish, right? He's like, yeah, I go. So if I totally stink, you can carry the show and, and get the fish and, you know, all of that. And he's like, okay, cool. So I think it's okay to not be great at everything. It's okay to not, you know, be what you think you should be. I mean, of course, I'd love to be, you know, 28 years old, supermodel looking fabulous in a bikini, but that's not going to happen, you know, and I'm okay with that. And you have to be okay too with just being yourself because people are going to enjoy it. And you are going to find that audience of people that are like, yeah, that's, you know, there is a lot of comic relief in here as well. I guess it's part comedy show. I'll share. Do I have time for a quick funny story? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So this, you know, I start filming the show and, you know, I'm trying to be super serious and I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And I'm, I'm going hog hunting. Now I like to hunt with a crossbow you know, which is even cooler, but you know, I really do actually like to hunt with a crossbow. I just feel like it's a little more sporting. You have to be about, you know, 40 yards or less away from the animal, all that. So it's like, okay, yeah, I got this. And a lot of times, you know, my in my mind, it's one way, but reality is totally different. I have learned that, um, but that's okay. I go with option number one, like it's gonna be cool. So I've got my face painted, I'm in my camo, I'm walking through the woods, I'm cool, okay? I'm super cool. And I'm with my camera guy, and I'm looking at the camera, and I'm saying something really cool. And, I, you know, I'm just like, I'm walking through the woods, telling everybody I'm looking for hogs and, you know, what I'm going to do and all this stuff. Well, all of a sudden, I'm not looking where I'm going. It's hot. It's about 100 degrees. These two huge 200-pound pigs had dug a waller. They had dug a hole down in the ground because it's cool and they put their bellies in it and just the hump of their back sticks up, okay? So me, Mrs. Rambo with her crossbow, Mrs. Cool, filming a TV show. Oh yeah, look at me. I'm walking, talking to the camera and I trip over these two 200 pound hogs and they're pissed, okay? They squeal and run one way. I scream and run the other way. And yeah, that was my first hog hunting show. So, you know, it was pretty funny. And of course he got that all on camera. <laughs> it's gotta find its way into a blooper reel if not a, a regular episode, right? Oh I yeah, I, we already have a lot of bloopers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, so I might that have to pull a awesome. bill dance and, and, and do some of that, but you know, you just, you can't, uh, I mean, you want to take it serious, but you can't take yourself too serious. And we really are just trying to go out and have a good time. So it's a and lot. I, and based on what you said earlier too, like that, that you're not an expert at all areas of, of the outdoors. I think it, it's a great way to connect to the audience that you're trying to reach, right? You said earlier, like, I'm trying to connect with those people that kind of want to experience that thrill, but don't know where to start or don't know what resources. And, and that's usually that first speed bump that they hit. And they're like, ah, you know what? Maybe I won't do it. Right. And to see somebody who's in your spot, who, you know what? They, Missy might struggle in this moment right now, but she has fun and she tries to do the best that she can. And at the end of the day, it's authentic. And I think it's a, just a great way to connect with the audience that you're trying to connect to. And that's, that's what I want people to do, you know, and, and I'm not downing any of any other shows, but some of the shows are pretty serious. 
and you know you're like well i can't go hiking through the mountains in alaska for two weeks looking for an elk you know so i try to you know which is cool really cool but you know there's a lot of things where people it's not realistic for them to do so i try to keep my show where if they see me doing it they could pretty much replicate it and be like hey i want to go do that and now i know where to go and who i could go do it with and things like that and maybe have that self-confidence because they're like, well, Misty, you know, lost a fish or Misty missed that shot or whatever. I mean, I did a turkey show and never even got one turkey. You know? <laughs> but I, you know what? I did call them in. And to me, that was just as cool because I was actually for the first time able to call turkeys in. Wow. Didn't get a shot and it didn't work, but I got them to come in. So to me, that was a success, you know. And you just have to kind of go with it. And that's reality too, you know, and I just want people to be excited and have fun and go outside. Absolutely. Being real and have somebody and an experience that you can connect with and kind of see yourself in their shoes and kind of envision, you know, yourself doing that. That's inspiration. That is yeah. amazing stuff and is true value to an audience. So what you're doing, Misty, is amazing. We love uh, Let's Take It Outside. We're grateful for all the platforms and opportunities you give into Empower Adventures to feature what we do. Um, so glad to have you on this podcast today and really fun to sit down and talk with you on some of your experiences and, and the lessons learned that you've had in your career and uh, you know some advice for the audience. So it's been a lot and, of fun. You know, you said, what's next? I don't know. I think we're just going to have to stay tuned because things just keep happening in a good way. You know, you got to keep pushing forward. You know, we talked about this yesterday for every yes that I get, and it's not a million of them. I get about a hundred no's yeah. and it does get discouraging, you know, and, and it is hard to sometimes persevere and think, why am I doing this? And this is hard. And, you know, now with the whole uh, COVID thing that happened, you know, I lost a lot of my sponsors and I was like, should I, am I supposed to be giving this up? Like what's happening? But then you realize, you know, this has happened to everybody. We're all in the same boat. Everybody's had a lot of loss and a lot of challenges um, in so many different ways with what's going on. And I was like, I'm not going to let this beat me. And you know, yeah, maybe I'm starting from zero kind of again, in a sense, but we, you know, we're not going to stop moving forward and we can't let this beat us down, even though, okay, you might sit on the couch for a day and drink a lot of wine, but you know, you'll get over that the next day. And you're like, look, I'm not going to let this beat me. You got to just keep finding a way. And if, if one way doesn't work and the door is closed and look for a window and um, it's important to keep positive people like you guys around so we can all encourage each other and just say, well, just, you know, keep on doing it. And maybe someone even gives you a suggestion or a word of encouragement or someone might, you know, everyone, you know, I'll get a message from an email that I don't even know the person and they'll be like, oh, I really like that. It meant a lot to me. Then you're like, okay, it, it is meaningful to someone and I am doing the right thing. And, you know, just look for those little encouragements, you know, it may not be a lightning bolt. We may not win the lottery, but any little thing to, to grab on to just remember and just, you know, keep going. You know, it's not always easy. And those, those, 
those negatives we get in the journey make the yeses and make the positives that much more sweeter for everybody too. So it's just that, that extra motivation to stick with it. If it's something that you're passionate about, Missy, this was freaking awesome. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for those of you listening, if you're interested in learning more about Misty on let's take it uh, let's take it outside on Fox Sports. If you're interested in learning more about a real a real futures, which is our nonprofit initiative, um, you can and then a bunch of great uh, uh, deals or a bunch of great items on your on your website with the pro gear as well. Um, you can find that at mistywells.com. You can also follow her on Twitter at outdoor darlin no g just the n at the end right. <laughs> um but missy's doing missy's doing some awesome stuff uh having such a positive impact on the community and it's been great to hear your story and uh check her out she's killing it down there and joe and i really appreciate having you on and your story fits right into the theme of hey expect the unexpected but also expect not all of them to be negative right, and exactly. you know, get out there get after it you know, make a decision. And if you're passionate about it and it's something that you're, you have an interest in two feet in the, two feet in the pond, dive in and get after it. And you don't, don't say no, just because it's a little scary. It's probably going to be a missed opportunity that you'll regret later on down the road. That's right. Never say no, unless, well, in certain areas, but to opportunities and, and stuff, even if you don't know what you're doing, I'm a classic example you know what? You'll figure it out and, and it'll be a lot of fun. The ride is awesome. Awesome right. job, right. Misty. Keep going forward and, and we got to get a date on the calendar for you to come out and paddle with us. Absolutely. I'm ready for that. And uh, I think your listeners would like for you guys to go on a fishing trip with me soon. Uh, when the dust settles and you can travel and Dan, you need to come to Florida and Absolutely. You know, let's, uh, let's do a little fishing trip. I'm down. As long as I don't have to get on a paddleboard again, I'm good. On a boat. How's that? Yeah. I was going to say, I'm not going to be the one giving you the paddleboard lesson. That's for sure. After my experience in January earlier this year. So oh, okay. well, about that later, but it, you know what? At least you tried. That's right. Yeah. I did. I, I, I fell I, and got back up multiple times. So. <laughs> So you're more of a kayak guy. That's okay. Yeah, That's right. two feet on the ground is a good spot for me too. Yeah. So That's okay, we'll put you on a boat. But at least it's trying and it's having fun. And it, you know, it created some funny memories for everybody watching you. So that's nice. Oh, it did. And I am, I am game, and and really appreciate the the invite. And looking forward to sharing space in person at some point. This was an absolute pleasure. And. Ladies and gents, that is Misty Wells, the outdoor darling, the star of Let's Take It Outside on Fox Sports. Season two is going to come out one of these days once this whole COVID situation is ironed out a little bit. Check her out on Twitter at the out, out, at Outdoor Darlin. And again, it's mistywells.com to hear about all the awesome stuff that she's doing, um, impacting the community. Misty, thank you so much. That was... You're very welcome, and that is episode four of the WAS Sports Leadership Podcast. It is in the books. We'll see you in two weeks for the next episode. Thank you so much for checking us out. Get out there, be safe, and get after it. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for the When Athletes Shit in the Woods podcast. Don't forget to tune in every other Wednesday for more stories, insight, and commentary 
from sports guys and gals who don't mind a little bit of dirt and grit. Always remember, it's great to have a plan and to go out and get after it with great enthusiasm and passion. However, always remember that the unexpected is just a step away.